Hello, everybody. My name is Dave Hodges. You know who I am. You know what we do here. We are trying to free America one enslaved mind at a time. I am the host of the Common Sense Show, but we need your help. We need to free one million enslaved minds at a time. So please subscribe if you haven't done so. That's about a quarter of you that come here. That increases our algorithm. Uh, more people see what we do. And we are trying to stand for truth and justice. Seriously, we want to restore this country. That's our only objective here. That's the only objective we have. So uh, subscribe and then share the videos far and wide. Now, I have a precursor comment today before I get into what we're going to talk about. I have a history in Stanton research. And academically, I was, you know, undergrad, I was history and sociology. Okay, I have two advanced degrees, various levels at in psychology. Um, and then I kind of fell into the psychology and research, which kind of goes along with advanced degrees because you have to know how to do that stuff to, to get your advanced degrees. And then people said, oh, do you want to teach that? Yeah, do you want to teach research? Sure. Would you like to write some courses? We need revisions. And so I got into that. And I'm saying that not to brag, but this is my wheelhouse. This is what I do. And I can't seem to get away from research, but this is simplistic research. This maybe represents about 2% of my professional capabilities, what I have found here today. And what I have found here today is the twilight zone of the Maui conspiracy. It is the twilight zone. It's bizarre. And I'm saying this right now. I'm at a loss to explain the contradictions I'm going to report to you. I am going to lead you up and there's some conclusions we could make, but I'm not sure I can tie the loop and close it. I'm asking for help from people on the island, but I have the data. The data is irrefutable, and it's kind of like Matahari, a spy for one side and a spy for another, a double agent. We're seeing some of that here, and you're going to get all that here on the Common Sense Show. Hey, we are brought to you by Keto Elevate. Well, if we get locked down into 15-minute cities, you don't have your car, you better get your behind in shape. And that means losing weight. I know a lot of you are trying and a lot of you make really good efforts and not denigrating anything. Been there, done that, still doing that. Yeah, I, I work out six days a week and I still fight this. Insulin resistance. Although I'm happy to report my A1C is now down to 4.8. One time I went in, it was 10. It's like, oh, but I made lifestyle changes. You can too. But first you got to get the weight off. And that's what this product does. That's exactly what this product does. It's produced by Biotrust, and you know what a great company Biotrust is. We've talked about them for many years, and they publish the research in layman's terms. Unlike our federal government, they tell you exactly what's what, and they guarantee this product that you'll lose weight. 60-day money-back guarantee, no questions asked. So the only thing you have to lose is the weight itself, and then they give you 51% off, free shipping, and all other kinds of benefits. Go to ketowithhodges.com. That's ketowithhodges.com. Okay, I, I'm debating. I'll just show you one piece of information I have to validate. And I don't want to have to go from screen to screen to screen. So let me do the share screen here. And we'll go to this uh, document here. Okay. And I've been through all of the companies here, but I just want to show you this. We're going to talk a lot about a company called Alexander in Baldwin. And I'm not casting negative aspersions. I'm saying I'm confused. Okay, now BlackRock, yeah, I don't like what BlackRock does. And by the way, Alexander and Baldwin on their company, they're a major real estate development company, and they have other interests we'll talk about here. 
they espouse ESG and all the things about ESG and they go on their website over and over and over and over. They're the a classic globalist, uh, environmentally friendly, social control you, you know, woke agenda. Th- that's who they are. It's on their website. Can't take back what you've already printed. But I want you to look at this right here. Okay. Hedge funds don't have many shares in Baldwin, Alexander and Baldwin. BlackRock is currently the company's largest shareholder with 19% of the shares. They're number one. That means they direct the direction of the company, right? We know how this works. Board of directors, shareholders, they can vote the CEO out, the CFO out. They can change direction. Yeah. Okay. So it's BlackRock that runs the show. Okay. Um, Now, let me go to... um, Another point. BlackRock also is the leading shareholder in Hawaii Electric. Okay, now stay with me because we're going to have to jigsaw puzzle this and start connecting dots. But keep in mind, BlackRock owns 8.5% of the stock in Hawaii Electric. So on one hand, they're connected to the developers Okay, that we're hearing about. Oh, they can't help it be. They're the biggest, one of the biggest developers in the United States, and they're number one in Hawaii. Okay, so, and they have so many subdivisions. They might say, well, we're not number one. But when you put the aggregate together, their subsidiaries and everything else, they're clearly number one. And they were originally one of the big five that came in and were told to take control of the economy of Hawaii when it was a territory. Yeah, so they were one of the big five there, and they're not known to be nice people. Now, I'm not saying the current people aren't just wonderful, God-fearing people that take good care of their kids and contribute to the community. I'm not saying that. I'm saying in the past, okay, you talk to people that are familiar with Hawaiian history, they didn't like them and the four other companies that went with them. Um, It was colonialism. Okay, so BlackRock owns the biggest shares in Hawaii Electric. They also own the biggest shares, the biggest developer that will be involved in Lahaina. Already are. Right. Now, the county of Maui is suing Hawaii Electric. They're saying, you're responsible for the fires because you didn't do mitigation strategies and their articles I've read they go back four years in the Hawaiian newspapers, and they they said, uh, well, they knew they had a problem with potential fire spread, but they spent more energy in their green programs than they did in making sure that their equipment was fire retardant and it was as safe as possible. And it's alleged they didn't do it, so they're alleging negligence. Okay, so the county of Maui is suing. They're going against BlackRock. Do you understand how hard that is to do? To me, that's almost like a seven-year-old filing to be an independent adult against their parents. It's just not even believable that this lawsuit would be issued. But BlackRock is also on the other side of the fence. You understand what I'm telling you? 
the developers coming in, evicting, and they get the authorities to do this, of course, and beginning to take land. Process has started. I'm not sure where they're exactly at with this, and we're still trying to get information from the locals, but it is underway. We've had locals tell us that there are these discussions going on with realtors and representatives that are allowed into the disaster scene, but media people like me could never go. Isn't that interesting? So is BlackRock playing both sides of the fence? It seems so. Why is Hawaii Electric being sued? I can tell you why. Because now the Maui County County authorities don't have to take responsibility for their police blocking the exits, trapping people in after they evacuated the tourists hours before in the pre-dawn hours. They don't have to take responsibility for not sounding the sirens as mandated by state law on Hawaii state government website. They don't have to take responsibility for not releasing the water for the first time ever to fight a fire. The numbers problem we've talked about. Okay. So now they're shifting attention away from the authorities that exacerbated the situation and made everything worse and probably led to, not did, led to, probably did, led to a bigger loss of life. And now they're shifting it all to the utility company. And BlackRock seems to be willing to take the hit. They know the lawsuits are coming from the people. So the Maui County people are beating the citizens to the punch. And they are going after the Hawaii Electric Company, of which BlackRock has the largest stock interest. Okay, are you beginning to see the picture starting to come together a little bit? Now, why would they do that? Well, if they're owning 19%, the largest stockholder in Alexander and Baldwin, the largest real estate company, they're going to benefit from redevelopment. Don't tell me they're not going to be involved. If they're not involved, I'll come back on here and say, oh, they have no involvement whatsoever. So you're going to tell me this huge monolithic group is going to have nothing to do with redevelopment in Lahaina. <laughs> yeah, I got some swampland in Florida I want to sell you. Um, is BlackRock willing to take the hit on the Hawaii Electric and pay out damages? And a judge will conjoin individual lawsuits with this Maui County lawsuit, I guarantee you. And I guarantee you Maui County will settle because it is BlackRock, because it is Hawaii Electric. They will settle, and these people will get far less than they would have got if they independently sued. I guarantee you they're going to take Maui County and all these individual lawsuiters that are coming, and they're going to combine them, and they're going to get screwed. They're going to get significantly less than they would have. The fix is in thanks to Maui County, and they know they can't they can't defend themselves, so they got to shift the blame to the electric company and hope that the lawsuits against them, the police chief, the governor, the mayor, all these people that made horrific decisions and continue to do so, will basically be left out as Hawaii Electric takes the fall. But if BlackRock takes the fall here with their 8.5% interest and have to pay out you know substantial claims, but not as much as they probably would be, if the people sued individually without Maui County being involved, because Maui County is as corrupt as the day is long. Then you've got Alexander and Baldwin, of which BlackRock is a major investor, the major investor. They could make a mint off Lahaina redevelopment. Theory, yes. But the facts lead up to my conclusion, which I admit is a theory. 
I fully admit this. But I'm telling you, stuff you can go validate right now with a Google search. I just showed you one with Hawaii Electric, who owns it. Okay, they're playing both ends against the middle. That's what this is. I'm convinced. I mean, this is so bizarre. This is the Twilight Zone moment of the Maui County crap. They're preparing to head off the majority of the lawsuits with this first action against the electric company. And I believe Vanguard, uh, which is another investor, by the way, they're number two, and BlackRock. But yeah, Vanguard's number two. Isn't that interesting? <laughs> the big three for ESG, Vanguard, BlackRock, State Street, with BlackRock taking the lead. Isn't that interesting? By the way, BlackRock's taking its assets out of the country for the most part because of central bank digital currency coming. That's the speculation. Oh, boy. I mean, this is going to be a huge picture by the time we're done. I'm going to have to get one of those detective boards and put it up in my radio office. And I'm going to put a pin here and a pin there. And pretty soon we're going to get the clear picture. But I'm telling you right now, how sure am I that I'm right? 99.9%. BlackRock's willing to take the hit on Hawaii Electric for the backside and they're going to get for development. And the development will far outweigh what a Hawaii Electric ends up paying because Maui County, who's corrupt and on the side of the corruption, will settle for very little. And like I said, they will conjoin these lawsuits, guarantee you. They'll turn these individual class action, individual lawsuits into class action, combine it with Maui County, and these people will get screwed. If, if you guys out here who are CFOs, CEOs, advanced accountants, you deal, you've dealt with Fortune 500 companies, Tell me in the comment section or write me an email and tell me how full of crap I am. Tell me that the games don't get played this way. And don't tell me, okay. But the thing is, though, is this research was easy to find. You could duplicate my research. Just put the search terms in. Go back, pause, write down what I've said. Pause again, write down what I've said. Go to a search engine and put it in and tell me if you don't find exactly the same thing I'm telling you. And by the way, Look at the ESG stuff that's page after page after page after page. And it reads like a 15-minute city. And you know I have done a lot on 15-minute cities. And I'm telling you that when I look at Alexander uh, and Baldwin's homepage here, oh my goodness. Going to... Okay, sorry, had a little glitch here, but I wanted to show you Alexander and Baldwin's homepage. And I want to show you the programs they have for ESG. And the vast majority of them, I agree with, except they're all subsets of 15-minute cities. Even though they don't say it here, I've covered this enough to know. If you follow me, you know I'm right. So let's go here and let's take a look. Okay, this is from the Alexander. You can see right here in the UR, Alexander and Baldwin. Okay, so... Here we have, they have a sustainability page on their website. Okay, I, I have absolutely no problem. And they're transparent. Look at the corporate responsibility reports. They put all this stuff on there. They're not hiding anything, except they don't use the term 15-minute cities, but the governor does. And if you don't think the governor has a big relationship and needs them for re-election with the largest developers, real estate company in the islands, one of the biggest in the country, <laughs> you're kidding yourself. But anyway, let's look at this. Sustainable elements of our properties. So let me enlarge this a little bit here. Um, adaptive reuse of existing building structures. Yeah, that's efficient. That's smart. Uh, people are choosing to remodel their homes instead of buy new ones. That's a similar concept. Okay, energy efficient, lighting and fixtures. It depends how they do it. 
but effectively, if they're saving on utilities, I think it's a good idea. Okay, um, electric vehicle charging stations. They don't mention gas stations. Pedestrian-friendly open spaces, 15-minute city, and I have no problem with that whatsoever. We should be out walking. Okay, but you know my feeling about 15-minute cities. Okay, big belly, solar-powered trash, compacting bins. In other words, it doesn't take energy. Okay, so it is, as they like to say, carbon neutral. And they are going to recycle. I have no problem with that either. That's smart. It's efficient. I agree with this. Environmentally friendly landscaping. Okay, that's fine too. Aesthetically pleasing. By the way, you see that on a lot of the uh, interstates now, don't you? Especially in cities. Now, here's what's interesting. Ride and bike share options combined with electrical vehicle charging stations. What's missing? Do you see what's missing here? What's missing is no provision for gasoline-powered cars. This is not in their future. And this is a 15-minute city outline in part. In part. Okay, now let's look at They do some worthwhile things. Look at this. This is watershed development and conservation. Okay, efficient use of water. If it's done right and not for the profits of the rich few, it's a good thing. Okay, they want to be energy efficient. Uh, and I agree with that. And they're a leader in generating electricity from hydropower and solar. Okay, fine. It's not a replacement for everything else. At least it hasn't proven that to be true yet. But they're moving in that direction here. And this is a good project. Recycle the aggregate. I agree. Their subsidiary, uh, Gray Specific, is committed to working with government agencies and nonprofit to support recycling. Isn't that a good thing to do? We eat leftovers. We take Johnny's clothing, who's 14, and hands it down to his little brother, Billy, who's 10. Okay? We do that in our own families. So I think this is intelligent. Okay, I don't know about this asphalt mix, but I want you to note how narrow the road is. What's missing here? I've already answered the question by going back up to here. Ride and bike share options, pedestrian walkways, okay, and electric vehicle charging stations. And you know my feeling electric vehicles. If they're viable, economically equivalent, and is accessible without the dangers, the costs, and if they're environmentally friendly, which they're not terribly right now, the electric batteries, they're an economic and environmental disaster. And they're an efficiency disaster, too. That's the weak link in electrical vehicles right now. And that's not even debatable. But you can see this is 15-minute city stuff. By the way, I just thought I'd show you this right here, too. I recognize this design right here. In my humble opinion, this is what I wrote about, oh, gosh, probably 12 years ago. Um, it was a DHS project, and they tried it uh, on some college campuses and in parts of Las Vegas. It's called IntelliStreets. And... The IntelliStreet, though, deal will be a little broader and it can flash messages. Okay, accident up ahead, route two, blah, blah, blah. And we see that now on many of our main thoroughfares in metropolitan areas. Okay, that's a smart thing. You see there's trouble, you get off the exit, you use streets, uh, uh, side streets, you know, surface streets to get to your destination. No problem with that. They also will make announcements here, public announcements. But here's the other thing they can do. Uh, the IntelliStreets program was was basically to be put where every residence exit and entrance 
every business entrance and exit would have surveillance and they could scan you. Facial recognition. I covered this 12 years ago, DHS project. Good morning, Mr. Smith. I'm sorry, you know that carrying a concealed weapon in our resident, our area is not permitted. Please return to your residence and leave your firearm there and we will have an authority contact you to have this discussion. I'm paraphrasing, but that actually was an example I saw. Intella streets. And go and do the search on it. But this is what you're seeing right there. Okay, so am I vilifying this company? No, not really. There's just some things in here that I think are going to be forced upon us before we're ready. Um, ladies and gentlemen, let's be back up here to the beginning. I'll close this down here. This is the Twilight Zone moment. BlackRock playing both sides of this equation. Vanguard, I suspect, is too. Don't know about State Street. I couldn't find them listed anywhere, but I have read previously they are. They have worked with Alexander and Baldwin. I'm not sure what their present relationship is. But the fact is, is the ESG people are heavily involved with this real estate company, this development company. And they're on this black rocks playing both sides of the fence with a lawsuit. And I just told you how I believe this lawsuit's going to go. And if you're a lawyer out there, tell me how I'm wrong. You know, I'm right. You have seen lawsuits combine to lessen the reward that people will get. If they get a positive judgment, rather than getting $5 million a piece, they might get 50,000. Okay. This is just bizarre, but we're really untangling this. I'm telling you, as we penetrate to the deepest layers of what's really going on, we're pretty much still on the surface, but we're seeing things that we should not be seeing. Now, I, I want to say Alexander and Baldwin, they're not guilty of doing anything wrong, but if you don't like 15-minute cities, well, you have to judge for yourself what you saw on your website. 15-minute cities, in my opinion, are open-air prisons. You know, you can you can dress it up like a dress up a pig and make it look pretty. But let me also say this too, okay? This is something I think you really need to hear. Don't piss on me and tell me it's raining. Don't tell me this 15-minute city and sustainability is good when we lose all our freedom, we lose access to our car, we can't travel more than 15 minutes from our homes. That's where I think this is going. And if I'm full of crap, tell me. I'm not full of crap. We're going to find more positive links in this. Now, the one thing I want to say, the conspiracy theories around the origin of the fires on Maui, I'm not even going there. I'm not implicating any of these companies here. And I'm not saying it because I'm afraid to be sued. I want to be accurate in my reporting. And I don't want to cast negative aspersions on corporations that don't deserve it. They haven't proven they deserve it. Oh, the public officials, they deserve what we've said about them. I mean, they should already be in handcuffs, many of them. And we've talked about that. I'm not saying this is the case with these corporations, but they are trying to take cities and developments in ways that if Americans understood it, they would largely object to. And this is why you're not seeing this out there in the mainstream media. Enough said. Thanks for joining us. God bless all of you. We'll see you back here next time.